You're listening to the Taku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo. Today's episode is basically a discussion about Kyoto Animation. Uh, I was debating pretty much the last couple days what I was going to do for this weekend's podcast episode. We were planning on doing a music episode for the summer season, but for those who don't know, I'm not sure why anybody would not know at this point, but on July 18th, a criminal entered the Kyoto Animation studio, first studio, and light, basically poured out a bunch of gasoline and lit it on fire. And a bunch of people got trapped in there. They tried to escape through uh, the stairwell to the ceiling, and I think they have about 34 counts so far uh, of deaths in that studio, which is pretty much over half of the people that were actually in there. And like I said, we were planning on doing a music episode, and... My immediate thought went to, man, I, I really want to talk about Kyoto Animation right now, but I, and I don't want to do that because there's the implication that we're, you know, trying to bank off of the hot topic that it is right now. So I was like, okay, no, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I, I think just over time, I couldn't get it out of my head because it is really a, a, just a really crappy thing that happened. There's no, no words that can explain how tragic that was. I mean, when I first heard about it, it was like, Man, that really sucks. Why? Why Kyoto Animations? I mean, they're such a great studio. And then, well, he's, they're easily one of our favorite uh, anime studios of all. I mean, I don't think there's any that that match it for me. I mean, it, it's it's just the the quality that they they turn out, the the people that they are, the the emphasis on 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 um, quality and and all that stuff. They're just great people and. Even putting that aside, I mean, I don't want to get people wrong here. This is not a case of like, well, there are people to – we understand that. We're not getting that in that route. It's it's more of a thing of I didn't see any reason why why this studio. And when I couldn't get it out of my head anyways, when I couldn't get it out of my head, uh, I decided, well, we'll just – I think even had – you made me star on Twitter was asking like immediately, are you guys going to do a podcast episode? I'm like, I just don't know if I want to. And then I think at some point I'm just like, well, no, I can't get them out of my head. I want to talk about them. 
I want to, I, and I also want to do it more so because to bring awareness to a lot of the things that people are doing right now to support the studio. So it's like, it's an easy way for us to have an excuse, not really an excuse, but to talk about the fact that there's these, you know, there's a GoFundMe going, GoFundMe going on right now. There's uh, their digital store you can buy from. There's a lot of ways that you can support because, I mean, it's over in Japan. A lot of people aren't there. And even if still, you're probably not going to be able to get access to a lot of this stuff that, you know, to, to, to support them. So here are some ways that you can actually do that. So, and I'm like, well, let's just turn on the microphones and talk. I, 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 didn't, I didn't even want to do an outline. Like, I don't want to go through an outline and I, this isn't a breakdown of what uh, Kyoto Animation is or anything like that. It's just, let's talk about them what they mean to us and what we feel we kind of lost. Now, there isn't anything saying that this is it for Kyoto Animation. Uh, they they have a lot of support. A lot of people are coming out to say, hey, whatever we can do to help you, I, I'm uh, certain they're going to get back on their feet. It is it is a, a very uh, staple of the animation, and they're going to continue on. Uh, you know, and it, it was probably a good decision for it to continue on just to, you know, not let this get them down. Uh, Japan is, well, most, most countries are, uh, very known for, this isn't going to bring us down. We're going to continue on. This is what we do. This is what we've brought to the world. And we're going to continue doing that. A lot of great groups have already come out to support. I've seen statements from Disney, uh, statements from pretty much every single uh, Western localizing company. Sentai. The Go, yeah, the GoFundMe was created by Sentai Filmworks. Uh, by the way, I'll, I'll put links for the GoFundMe. You can just search Kyoto Animation GoFundMe, and you'll find it. Uh, but I think right now they've raised one point seven million dollars. Yeah, that was which the last is, I had seen. I, I think of anything that's happened so far. Like I said, it was. It has been a, a depressing last couple of days, mainly because <laughs> we also have family. Uh, a father that's having issues, but at the same time, this hit and it was like, we're at the hospital. At the same time, I'm getting news updates about Kyoto Animation, the death tolls going up, and I'm like, this is just a really crappy time right now. And I, I'm, we're going to eventually get to more positive things eventually, but uh, it was a, it's been a very depressing last couple of days. Yeah, I mean, the only, I, I, I can't think of a time that. An event has affected me, and as far as anime industry is concerned, next to the passing of Asayo uh, uh, Takahata. Takahata, and so no, nothing has has affected me like he has. I mean, yeah, there's a few things that kind of bug me here and there, but nothing has affected me, and it's it's one of those things that. You 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 sit here and you watch something that that you just love, just. There, I have so many feelings that are that are entwined in Kyoto Animation because of all the things that they have delivered to us. That has just been absolutely heart wrenching, um, just gorgeous things that just absolutely take us to another world. And and it just so to see it just destroyed in such a fashion, not not completely destroyed like Andrew was mentioning. They're going to come back from this, but. To have it attacked like that, just it, it it hits you on a fundamental level. Well, I mean, even even with the aspect of the fact that they'll continue on, it's like that's again we're acknowledging they're human beings and they're not just animators. That's thirty four possible animators, and they haven't released the names. This is another Japan thing. They don't really like to just go out and say, "Here's all the people that passed. Here's the name of the person that did it." 
it, it is one of those things where they will they kind of keep that stuff secret so that the family can mourn, and then later on those names will come out. And but I we don't know. I mean, how many of those were these these talented animators that did just beautiful works for us? Uh, for those who don't know, I'm not going to give a full breakdown here, but Kyoto Animation is kind of unique in the fact that one, it's empl- a lot of its employees are salaried. They they aren't just people that you know they pay per frame that they do, so they're trying to put, turn out as many as possible so they can make you know <laughs> make th- their rent. Uh, they're well paid. They they take care of their employees. They are they're very open about different types of writers and creators. They're very welcoming. They have their own animation training courses. They do the awards for writers. They do publishing for writers. They an- they adapt written materials that win these awards. They do so many things that a lot of other studios just don't do. A lot of other studios are really kind of uh, controlled by committees and not able to do what they want to do. Whereas Kyoto Animation just kind of does it, takes it to a whole other level. And that, and that appreciation for their animators is just, you can see it. I mean, the 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 like like I mentioned, they're they're looking at quality rather than quantity. So a lot of the frames that you get are just absolutely gorgeous, and there's so much detail to every single frame and every single. We, you can you can look online. I think there's um, I forget who it was. Uh, did pretty much exactly my exact feelings. This idea that you can watch this an opening scene of Kon or something like that, and you can just see all this detail in the room that this tells a story. And that's that's what they've always been good at. Even with shows that I don't really resonate with a story, like Sunane or um, what's the other one that I'm trying to think of? Amagi Brilliant Park wasn't a really huge one for me, but I still appreciated the attention and detail that were in those. Um, Myriad Colors Phantom World, just a gorgeous show, so much fun. Wasn't really into the story or uh, some of the character storylines, but it was still a great show to, to just watch. Uh, Sound of Phonium Season 1, even though it wasn't my cup of tea for the drama i love season two it was still beautiful visually and directing and all that kind of stuff so to have a studio like that have such a huge blow to them there is a fear of like can they really be can they they, they, i know they will come back but can they really really still be the same studio they were then and i'm hoping that a lot of this stuff the 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 funding support i'm not they haven't really outlined what they're doing with that money i'm assuming it's going to go to the families uh maybe if anything extra maybe can go to helping them build a new studio i think the idea is that people want to help them as a company the people the families and how that ends up turning out we'll, we'll you know wait and see but it is it is still a huge a huge blow to them and i i hate that with my ever fiber uh, there's also a lot of discussions about people saying that they didn't have um, backups of certain things. So there's a lot of fear there of like maybe these these works that they created so beautifully will be lost, and maybe what we have currently in our hands is what will always remain that um, last uh, you know snapshot of what they created. And that's that's always a fear as well, but. Um, I guess to I guess to kick things off, I want to get into what is your early memories of Kyoto Animation? What what what? I, I guess before then, like I said, the the best way to support them right now is the GoFundMe, which again is created by Sentai Filmworks. Do your own research. I'm not saying you have to use them. If you feel that it's something that you can trust, do it. Um, there's a lot of you know claim out there that they. GoFundMe, I've never really heard many cases of that being a scam. 
there's a lot of ways of being able to, if it does turn out to be a scam, GoFundMe will refund everybody. They kind of look into these things. And if you have something that's $1.7 million, you, I can guarantee you GoFundMe is going to watch it like a hawk. Because uh, that's a lot of bad press if it ends up going in a bad direction. I trust Sentai Filmworks dearly. Yeah, I was going to say, they Sentai have, Filmworks is very on, uh, is a very trustworthy f- source. So There's already uh, responses coming from Kyoto Animation. They're aware of it, so they're acknowledging it. So that is one way to do it. Like I said, search Kyoto Animation, GoFundMe, you'll find it there. Uh, the other way, like I said, is you can, there's a look up on Twitter. I'm not sure exactly how you can find it, but they have a, a an online shop. And you can find, I think, on Reddit and Twitter, a lot of people are helping translate what's on there. But you can essentially buy digital, uh, you know, GIFs and or not GIFs, <laughs> JPEGs of of uh, different characters and artwork from the shows, and you can buy it digitally, and you just pay straight out. And if you have a credit card that converts to Japanese yen, that that'll probably help out a lot too. But that's another way of doing it. Uh, simpler stuff. Watch a silent voice on. Netflix, watch uh, what else is on there right now. Uh, Violet Evergarden. Anything you can find Kyoto Animation, stream it and watch it. Buy the DVDs, buy the Blu-rays. All that stuff is going to trickle down to them. There's tons of ways of supporting them, but I think if you want the most direct one right now, it's probably GoFundMe and, and their online shop. So. We're doing the exact opposite of a boycott. Yeah, okay, go. <laughs> and I, I want to stress that I don't want to I I, th- I think even if, if if there was more information on the attacker, I don't want to I don't want to focus on that at all. But outside of that, it, it's just a focus on Kyoto Animation at this point. So, yeah, like I said earlier, what is your what is your earliest memories of of Kyoto Animation? What uh, let's start with what, your furthest, earliest memory, and I think we'll go into it from there to what made you acknowledge them or fall in love with them. So don't jump into that second question just yet. <laughs> I'm gonna pre- before, I'm gonna catch you beforehand. Before, <laughs> before I understood what Kyoto Animation was, I would have to say probably Lucky Star. Um, and this is a weird thing because I didn't. I only liked it on a surface level because there was parts of it that were kind of funny. I didn't like the style of it at all and so i was really i would have to say that's gonna have to be my my furthest back i mean it's possible it's error but i'm gonna lean towards lucky star yeah that's the thing is i don't know which one i watched first but um the earliest they've done and i know that i watched it pretty much when it came out because it was around that time was air tv and i think their their first breakout one was full metal panic from Afu, but my my introduction to them, technically not knowing who they were, was Air. Air TV wrecked me. That that series was just phenomenal. I, I still remember that beach scene. Every every, every time somebody brings up a uh, anime that made you cry, my my thing is like, oh yeah, Air TV, the beach scene. And if you watch it, you know what I'm talking about. It just the music kicked in the the characters in that scene, what was going on. It was just oh, the, the fills. And that does that pretty much. I mean, if, if outside of the detail, the attention to detail, it's also just the way they pull off certain scenes when they're, you know, yeah, technically they're absolutely you, phenomenal they, with, uh, they do with tragic emotion. girlfriend. Perfect. So <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of those shows that have the, uh, certain characters in it that will kind of, uh, see a lot of uh, tragedy and 
they pull off those scenes so well. So, but yeah, I think my first first one in, in chronological would, would definitely be RTV, and I'm still happy to this day that I have that box set with the beautiful art on it. It was a it was a great little release. So, yeah, I, I it's funny because I I, I want to go back and watch that one again just because there's a lot of there's a couple side characters that I do remember what was going on with them, but. I still don't. I, I don't really quite have a full grasp of exactly what happened with them. But it was a, it was just a beautiful series about. It's it's one of those guy guy walks into town and then ends up interacting with you know I think it was there was one main girl, there was the sisters and then there was that. No, there was like um, what else did they have in there? And then they had this whole backstory thing they went into. So it's one of those funny things that you can you can start if you weren't actually following studios and 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 stuff like that and you start building a a a best show list i i can easily see a lot of kyoani shows just popping up on that list and not even intending it that is how that is an i i think a testament to what they do in general it's just they have a knack for finding those good stories. Uh, they have a knack for capturing emotion. They're they're very artic- um, uh, attention to detail orientated when they are actually doing their scenes. So it's 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 not an, an a surprise if 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 I was to bump into somebody and say what's what's your ten favorite and at least one Kyoani not pop up on that list. And it's funny because I don't think I, – I think if you – because back in the day, I never cared about studios. I didn't even know I, – I, you, you could have asked me back in the day and I could have probably said they're all made from the same companies, right? <laughs> I, I just didn't have any knowledge of the fact of studios in general. Uh, and I think – I, I want to say that even though I watched Canon, I watched quite a bit of Suzumiya Haruhi. I watched Lucky Star. I, I want to say it was either – I want to. I don't even know if it was Clanad that was the point that I re- acknowledged a Kyoto animation. It might have been as far as Kion. That's what's sad. That I finally said, "Oh, this is what the studio is." No, I think I, that I would say even farther than that. I mean, it was because you were. We were on Kion long before we started following uh, studios. We didn't start following studios until the last six years. No, what I'm saying, me personally, acknowledged what a, what the Kyoto Animation was. Okay. Not that I was following studios, just that I acknowledged this is what the studio is. Not so much that I was going, okay, what's the next Kyoto Animation stuff going to come out so I can watch it? <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, it's a it's a it's a huge stretch of great shows that they kind of went through. That they're like I want to start from the top. We only recently watched Fumafu, and that was a a silly kind of comedy. Sp- not a really spin-off, but sidestep from the Full Metal Planet series that is typically more serious and militaristic. Uh, RT, I kind of went into it already. Did you Did you want to talk about RTV? I, I, I would just be repeating what you said. Great, great intro, by the way. Uh, let's see. Aaron Summer, I don't think I watched that one, unless that was the movie. I know they did a movie. Don't watch the movie. <laughs> I did not like air the movie. That must have been the, that must have been the movie. But yeah, I, the movie was they just it didn't do it. It didn't. It didn't do it. Just I'll just say that it didn't. It didn't pull it off. It's uh, two episodes, so I doubt it actually. 
Full Metal Panic, the second raid. We watched that one as well. Check out our... I think we did our full review on... It's been posted already, but... Second raid definitely was... Uh, much more serious and, and gritty for the Full Metal Panic series. Haruhi Suzumiya. I... I want to say I got to the... The... The, the evil... Segment that everybody what, what do they call it the crazy eighteen or something like that it's the the crazy eights the where they yeah I'm I guess not want to spoil what happens but I just got I'm not liking this and I just I don't think I ever finished it but we do have it and I I do want to get back to it and and do a full review of it but that one I it's been a long I, time since I watched that I was drawn to it because I loved Suzumi Haruhi's character design she was just. I loved everything about how they made her and how she was so animated and just so lively. She was, she stood out from all the other shows that were being made that being made at that time. It was like, wow, this is a very well animated. The character designs are so much detail to them and so much liveliness to them that it drew me to it. And it was just a really, really kind of quirky show. And I, I do definitely want to get back to watching it again and finishing it off. But it was a, a really cute little school romp kind of thing so canon this is the second canon there was another studio that did canon before then i want to say toei animation i could be wrong but we don't care about that <laughs> what was it what was it uh yeah toei animation got that right but yeah we, we we only care about the canon that that kyoto animation made and that one was that one was right there with air and i think it was i think i was i still had air tv fresh in my mind when i went to watch canon and again, I don't think I acknowledged at the time they were in the same boat, but I want to say that one or the other kind of played off the other. Like I, you like you like this, watch this kind of thing. And Canon was another one that was it was weird. It was a very weird show. I love the mom. It was she's definitely like I think she's in my best moms list that I made a post of. She was just so goofy. She would show up with the the jam that she the had jam, and everybody yeah. and all the kids looked like they were terrified and they're like oh i gotta go I, I gotta get to i got pee in the or i got a club in the morning i gotta go gotta go gotta go uh she was she was a, a kicker but i think the thing that really captured me about that show and really broke my heart right off the bat was probably i don't remember what her name was there was the girl that kind of started losing her speech i won't spoil what what was going on with her but she started losing her speech and just started going downhill uh, physically. And once she kind of, her story was kind of hit, and I was like, holy crap, this show is really tearing me apart. But um, yeah, I, th- I still like the other characters, though. Don't get me wrong, but she was definitely the point which I was like, okay, this is like a really, this is really starting to get to me. Yeah, Makoto. Her story just. Once that one hit, I was like, oh, gosh, this is hurting. And yeah, pretty much every single one of the characters at that point it hit hard after that. So it wasn't wasn't the only one that really captured me. But just a, just a good show. And now I will say at this point, uh, a lot of the shows do have a lot of flair to them. Their style is definitely improving over time. But they weren't technically at the levels of, like, you know, hyper detail. And that, I guess that's one of those troubling things, talking to people about... Kyoto Animation, it's been around for so long. I think it was like back in 81 that they were founded. And it was only in 2003 when they started kind of doing their own projects. So it's the studio's been around for a long time, but you would still have maybe due to the whole cycle of the anime fandom, 
a lot of people will just know Kyoto Animation as being Violet Evergarden and Silent Voice yeah. and all these photorealistic lens flares and yeah, they beautiful didn't... lighting and 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 uh, blur effects for backgrounds. When would you say that they got to that point? Would it be in the middle of K-On? Or... Um, I mean, they, they did some pretty amazing stuff it's with gotta Haruhi. Be in Love, I know Love Chinibyo is... It, it, definitely their polish is there. They're, they get into their own with Love Chunibyo. But... Well, that's the thing, because, like, as far back as... As far back as... as they've um, always been quality. I'm not going to deny that. It's just a matter of their polish wasn't really there until it seems like in the recent few years. Well, Haruhi Suzumiya, I think, was a point in which they were pretty polished. But they still kind of... I don't. I can't say that Canon was like insanely detailed, but there was. I still remember a lot of scenes, like the girl in the snow, uh, just the opening uh, sequence. I think they were really good for their time, but it was kind of a thing of of its time, uh, no doubt. It even Cloud had a lot of very beautiful scenes in it as well. I still remember the whole uh, the the wheat field. Right. And the and the, the the toy in there, it was just like these really beautiful shots here and there that were kind of sprinkled around. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm wasn't... not downplaying their quality. They still had a very high quality. It's just the seems like the the production kind of kicked into high mode. It, what seemed like around Kon maybe uh, maybe Love Chunibyo, but because I know mm. Tamako maybe Hoka. I guess would be where they would start getting more photorealism in there, I guess. And then when you get, I think when Sound of Funny, I think was a point where they really kind of went nuts. I think Sound of Funny was the first time where they started doing crazy pan shots and you don't think free lighting flares and stuff like that. I guess free had, had its moments as well. I don't know. It's, it's really hard to kind of, cause we're, we're, t- I think we're talking about like five different, elements of improvements <laughs> like i said you can start with as far back as a lot of the attention to detail and visual effects they did with haruhi suzumiya just the character movements and bounciness to them was like prevalent there yeah and then yeah lucky star was very animated yeah environments and all that kind of stuff kicking in with canon uh Klanod getting more visual effects in there as well like i said the whole wheat field scene and uh effects with water and stuff like that they were kind of doing with that one K-On, a lot of lighting and dust elements they were kind of adding to it i remember a lot of the scenes were just having the uh the light coming in the room and, and dust particles flying around and i guess uh, it kind of just kept going from there that that gradual evolution over time with... they're definitely a team that is constantly improving on themselves yeah, I mean, it is it is kind of in the same vein as something like, um, I guess, Mappa and uh, Ufootable. Ufootable doing experimental work with visual effects and CGI that doesn't stand out like a sore thumb like some other studios do. They they, they, they seem to pull it off. And I think one of the other things I give huge credit to K-On, or K-On, huge credit to K-On for, huge credit to Kyoto Animation for is they don't they don't rely on CGI and when they do, you can't really notice it. It was, it's almost as if they have this, this desire to not use it if they can't hide it. And I, I don't, I don't know that for sure. I just assume based on the fact that 
I can't think at the top of my head them ever really using CGI that I went, whoa, hello, CGI, just came out of nowhere. What, what are you doing here in my in my animation? Can you? Maybe Myriad Colors, but it might be farther back, but I don't remember. Yeah, Myriad Colors, it was, it was mainly those opening sequences, though, like where he's talking about some weird yeah. physics thing or some puzzle. He would always kind of do like a weird... Uh, CGI puzzle or something on this. But screen. I don't think it's a favorite of theirs. I, I think that they avoid it if they can at all possible. I want to say that the robot in Clannod was CGI. I, I think recently I watched it, in, it and I kind of noticed it. Full Metal they did it. I, I no, 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 not no? Full Metal. Because uh, the CGI wasn't in Full Metal until this recent season. And they didn't do the recent season. Alright. I'm... Because I remember that was a big thing when when we when we see the trailer for the third season, it was like, oh gosh, they're doing it, they're they're doing CGI, and it was like, oh no, don't do CGI. Yeah, ouch. No, and it's funny because we could probably go back and watch these other ones and go, oh my gosh, they did use CGI. There it is, right there. It's sore thumb. We just can't remember right now because back then it was kind of less of an issue. Like it just kind of happened, and you were like, oh, there's CGI, and it's kind of doing something that they might not have been able to animate anyway side tangent here let's, let's get back into the list uh lucky star what what drew you to lucky star do you what remember do you remember, actually, do, you, do you remember what actually got you into it no i was saying that it wasn't my favorite because it didn't look all that great but i thought it was it was funny for the most part i can't remember if i liked or disliked the style i want to say that i didn't like the style but I think it grew on me. I mean, just you and me, so you and silly. me. I, I remember us having a discussion about Lucky Star at some point, and we were both pointing out the fact that we didn't like the style, or at least I pointed it out. Um, I didn't like the style at all. I, I want to say it's because it was one of the first uh, recent cases of like chibi. They're not really chibi. They're just kind of scrunchy versions of characters. Yeah, it. it, it to it was me, it, it was very unique at the time, in my opinion, because I was looking for like air. T- I was looking for another air TV. I was looking for a an Akita or something like that, and then suddenly out of nowhere, these goofy little characters with short arms are just kind of dancing around, all silly like, and the lazy roll onto the floor thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was definitely. And I'm not, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's it's definitely something that you, I guess uh, if you want to put it in a way of it growing on you, I I I do like Lucky Star now, but at the time, I, it just it didn't work for me. It just seemed weird. And why do I care about a bunch of girls? And <laughs> I know this is so weird coming from me, but at the time, this is where I was at the time. I was like, well, what? It, why do I care about a bunch of girls eating a croissant with chocolate? Yeah, that was... And they were arguing about, about <laughs> what's the proper way of eating this. And I, th- this show did not work for the, in in that respect. Now, like I said, there was funny parts to it every once in a while. When uh, uh, well, I can't, I can't think of any off the top of my head. It's been so long. I don't know but... why. I don't know why I don't bring these up immediately because I know we're going to talk about them. No, it was it was funny because I I seem to I seem to vaguely remember or not vaguely but specifically remember that that whole first few episodes did not work for me at all and it, it is funny because we we only learned recently that that guy that was directing it was you know left like right after or was was taken off the directing list like right after those episodes and it's like well that makes sense because I didn't like them. <laughs> 
But no, Konata, I think, was that case where I think she ended up making me like the show. Not that she's my favorite character. It's just that she always ended up being the character that was the otaku. She was you. And she just wanted to be lazy and, and you know, watch her stuff or play her games. She didn't want to go to school or anything like that. And it, it was it was that connection right there. I usually hate the otaku characters in shows just because they are – they're always so, like – this one type they're always the big chubby guy with the with the with the striped shirt and then you know having the backpack full of posters and the glasses and talks the same exact way and breathes heavily at, at school girls she was like this nice refreshing like oh see i can relate to this she's just lazy and wants to enjoy what she wants to enjoy yeah and that's me <laughs> that's not not the guy running around you know snorting heavily at girls i mean it, that's not that's not my otaku right there so that's kind of where, and it was of course the the later connections of how these certain characters were pretty, and that's why I think that I watched Lucky Star after I watched Clannad, because I want to see that I made the connection that a lot of people make of the sisters in this one to the sisters in in Clannad. So I don't know which one in my I can't remember in my my time frame which was the chicken and the egg, but I remember that that similarity being mm. there. So he's fun. He was fun. But no, it was it was a good comedy, and I, and that's one of those ones where I do want to go back and watch it just because I don't remember much of the comedy besides, like I mentioned, the, just the taku jokes. That they well, had not in there. to mention the fact that Lucky the Star is technically towards the beginning of our fandom, and so now that we're a lot more farther in our fandom, we should appreciate the jokes a lot more. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Well, I, I think it's it wasn't early in my fandom just because it was it was what two thousand seven, and technically we were back in the nineties, but at the same time. Yeah, but we weren't awesome. heavy diving into <laughs> exactly diving into the now genres. that we've got five hundred and fifty more shows under our belt. I think that we can handle Lucky Star a little better. Yeah, no, it's just like Gundam. Like we should go back and watch Gundam Bill Fighters because we probably get a lot of the jokes that we yeah. probably missed completely, and the and the character cameos in the background and stuff like that that we kind of knew were there, but we didn't acknowledge most all of them. So we're like. I recognize that suit, so this is probably a scene with a lot of that happening, and I just only recognize one of them. So I'll just... I know what you're doing there. Don't know completely. Uh, next one after Lucky Star was, of course, Clannad, and that was... That was... A number one... That was that technically was my number one anime of all time for the longest time. Until at some point, I had to acknowledge the fact that Hanasaki Roha had to take the one spot. <laughs> And I, and I think it, it Clannad's one of those ones where it, it got sorta on it was a sorta online before sorta online. Like it just took Clannad yeah, a longer the, time. It was the the one that everybody hated, the ex girlfriend. Right. It is. It is the. It is, and it took a longer time than sorta online. Sorta online was like it was big when it first came out, and then it took not even a year before everybody was like, oh yeah, that gar- that show is garbage, and everybody that likes that show is garbage. Clonad was like that, it, it, but it took a long time because I thought everybody loved Clonad, and not not everybody loved. Some people didn't love Clonad, but they didn't hate it. And then at some point, of course, that was in 2007. It seemed like 2014, I think it was here recently, just a few years ago. Out of nowhere, suddenly everybody hates it, and I'm like, "What the hell happened? What did I miss?" Out of nowhere, everybody's like, "Oh, Clonad, that's a stupid show," and it's like. Wait, do I need do I need to go rewatch it? Did I was I just kind of 
off that time when I watched it, and I really enjoyed it. And, and now I need to go back and check it out just because I'm obviously wrong. I don't know. But it, it is one of those ones now, though, since I have a the visual novel, I, I probably want to watch the visual novel instead. But just because I know quite a bit about the overall story that is in the, the visual novel that the anime didn't quite cover. And I, that, that's probably why people didn't like it is because maybe the ending didn't make sense where they explain that stuff in the visual novel better, I guess. I don't know. I think after story is one that you could, I mean, it does have a solid story, but it also has all those, those extra lines that could technically, and now that you've, well, I mean, at some point you ended up explaining what, because you got it spoiled or something like that. And you ended up explaining a lot of that extra stuff. And it's like, okay, yeah, that, makes a huge difference on what all that extra Everything stuff... Everything that, that was that, happening, yeah. Because if, if, if when you watch through that after story that first time, there's there it's almost like there's kind of this background, and I think that was the way that they were playing it off, is almost like it's a background um, ambience to the story, and it never really quite makes sense until you get to towards the end and you're like, I think I get it, but I'm not quite sure. And then they, then they chapter close it. And so you, that, that entire background ambience is not quite there for the, for the vast majority of us, unless you actually do the uh, visual novel and all that makes sense. And so it, it, it is really neat the way they did that. But at the same time, if you put way too much stock in, I hate potholes, that's going to probably kill it for you is you're, you're going to be way too focused on that background ambience and it's going to bother the heck out of you. I think well, that, that's really what it is. Right. And that's my point really is that I, I, and I don't think really the overall story and that, in that insight that the visual novel has would affect you because everything pretty much is happening for a reason. And I think when you get an idea of what that all is, it does make the ending more, more sense. Right. And, but other than that, the, other than the ending, I don't think you need that to have context for the rest of no, it. No, so you I don't. Could, I could see somebody agree, seeing the end and going, oh, what the hell? Are you and, you and just like it, it or something like that? Yeah, question mark? It, and, and even if you do go and read the, the, um, the, the – and that's my point is if you take the time to go and look in the visual novel, it's not going to add that much to the story. You're not going to go, oh, well – that was cool. <laughs> Yeah, it is, and that's exactly it. I, I thought it was really cool when Andrew explained it to me, and it was like, but it didn't add that much to the story. It was still a great story. It just made that extra bit of ambience make sense that you really don't need to focus on that much, and I think a lot of people focus on that way too much. Yeah, it was kind of like one of those moments where the, the train track's going around the track, and then suddenly out of nowhere it gets to the very end, it just kind of rolls off the tracks, and you're like, well, that was a weird ending. And then all of a sudden you put that on it, and suddenly it puts a, a blocker there, and it, the train will go back if you wanted to or something like that. It kind of just, it completes the track. that would It needs that one last thing in there that yeah. kind of made it, oh, that's a full track. Got it. That kind of thing. So the rest of the trip was fine. <laughs> all right. Um, but no, it, it, that was... Uh, Favorite character. There you go. I gotta ask, ask that question. Who's your favorite? I, I should bring up the list before I <laughs> ask that stupid question. What are you thinking, Andrew? Clanod. I know what your favorite character is, and you probably can actually tell me. Fuko. 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 Um, <laughs> Fuko. <laughs> but no, not, uh, Nagisa has always had a very strong spot in my heart. I absolutely fell so hard in love with her. Um, 
that scene when they made the confession to the parents. <laughs> and yes, the second season was brutal for me. <laughs> no, it's uh it didn't take until that second season that I fell in love with Nagisa, no doubt. I don't think you can go through the second season without falling in love with Nagisa. But I think what my all-time favorite was easily Tomoyo. She was... I just loved her character. She was just so cool. I uh, loved the, trip, the super-duper combo kicks on, on uh, Sanahara. I almost wanted to see, okay, if, if, if Tomoyo went to this route and Tomoyo was left alone, maybe she can get with Sanahara because he's... He's kind of cool, even though he's he's stupid at times. <laughs> uh, and there, this goes back to the whole visual aspect. I still remember to this day how blown away I was when Kotomi went into that... Was it she in the library and she opened up the curtains? Or was she in a club room? But she opens up a window and the, the curtains start getting blown by the wind. And it was like, oh my gosh, this scene's beautiful. She looks over at Tomoya and and I think some, of the, some uh, petals were flying in the room. It was just a absolutely gorgeous scene that it was that again I, I guess along with the wheat the wheat field scene was just kind of yeah like, oh gosh, i liked the, beautiful i liked uh one of the scenes of the um of nagisa catching tomoyo in the in the uh sakura pedal room or uh path where where yeah she was trying to get his attention and it was one of those scenes was absolutely gorgeous yeah yeah or was it Tomoyo trying to get Nagisa's attention? One of the two. I think they took they took turns. <laughs> they took turns at some point. Because it was like the whole thing where he didn't want to go to school and she was afraid to go to school because she was, uh, you know, held back a little bit. So she was afraid of meeting people. And so that was a kind of whole thing where they kind of pushed each other. Like, well, let's just do it kind of thing. So. But no, I, I, it, was my, it was always it was really nice the fact they did the after stories of the other characters. That was another th- nice thing about. When, and again, this this here's another side tangent for us uh, to kind of express our love for Kyoto Animation. That is something that I can definitely acknowledge with with Kyoto Animation is they don't really do things that aren't complete. Like everything is either a complete story or they're still working on it. it sounded funny, and they're still working on it. Uh, the I think the only thing that they didn't technically finish was not their own project, Full Metal Panic. That wasn't their project, so they never finished it. But I don't think there's really is anything else that doesn't have a completion. Keon had a completion, Haruhi had a completion. Uh, I think Hayoka was completed. I'm not sure. Tamaka Market had a, a finish to it. Beyond the Boundary, I think Beyond the Boundary might be the only one that I don't think we have a conclusion to. I don't no, know. No, because they did the movie. I don't know. We haven't watched the movie, the movie yet. Is yeah, we have to watch the movie not. still. Yeah. I think the, we'll find out with the movie. And technically, the way it was playing out, it seemed like the movie could be its conclusion. But it, outside the idea that technically anything can continue on forever and forever. Uh, Dragon Maid, I guess. But that's got a second season coming. So, yeah, it's, it's like everything they do has a, either a solid conclusion to it or it's not, it's not manga bait or anything like that. So. I give him credit for that, and that and that was one of the weird things with Clanod, is it's a it's based off a visual novel, so technically most companies will do. Here is the story, and it was it was cool because unlike most, you know, some will do like the whole thing where they you know get an episode per character and and do a reset, or they'll do all the other characters from the visual novel are just completely side characters that have no story to them. Clanod actually took the time to. Make a wonderful main character that has so much personality to him. Tomoya was one of my first 
male protagonist characters that I was like, I love this guy. He is so much fun. I just all the tricks he played with Nagisa, uh, the goofy little things like where she where he has uh, Fuko act like he's Tomoya that he just woke up and the thing fell off and now he's now he's a girl. No, that wasn't her. That was a uh, Kyo. I think it was Kyo. No, Ryu. I think it was Ryu. Ryu, the the sister. Uh, I think it was her that she had her playing a trick on him and it was it was just hilarious seeing him around the corner just laughing his butt off and uh all the little tricks that he plays on people and it's just uh was the 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 high fives with Fuko after she's hurt her hands and stuff like that yay <laughs> he was just a fun main character but not just that he was also going out and actually uh they were fleshing out the stories of all these characters and then finally later on, especially with the after story, really focusing on one of the characters. So that was like one of those really nice things about a quote-unquote harem visual novel that has multiple paths. This one kind of hit all the main points to all of them. But still, they, even still then, they came back with the, the OVAs where they actually went, okay, here's Tomoyo after story. And then here's Kyo after story. I almost wish that they did, you know, Kotomi and, and Ryu, but it was still nice to at least do that much. It was really cool. Plus, I was really happy to get Tomo after story. <laughs> yeah. Plus, she technically has her own her own one, so I guess it made sense they do that because she had a lot of a lot of story going to And there was a lot of side characters I loved. I loved the um, the dad and the mom were great. The I mom and the, dad were awesome. Uh, what was the other guy? What was his name? The one that was the electrician. He was he was he was the, he was the, he was a an, an actor I think an ex actor. He was really cool. And that, of course, gets into a lot of the after story stuff, but just really, really loved that one. Like I said, it was, it was, it was technically my number one anime of all time for the longest time until, like I said, I had to finally dethrone it and and give it to something that was just affecting me so much more. And I kept thinking about it. Um, again, very different from person to person. Just Hanasaki Roha was just the perfect show for the perfect time for me. So. The K, I guess Kion, because I don't... Yeah, I never did watch that one. Uh, Munto. I, I keep wanting to, just to complete my Kyoto animation list. <laughs> but, uh, Kion. That intro. I think that was the reason why I started watching. I think I've seen the intro somewhere, and I was like, holy crap, this looks like a lot of fun. I need to watch this show. <laughs> just a little, little band of girls that are just moe and fun. Yeah, and 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 Kaon was probably just before I started truly appreciating the curl, cute girls doing cute things. It was one of those that just kind of grows. Kind of, it kind of is the unofficial start of that. Yeah, it, it, it's one it of those modified the world. <laughs> it's one of those that, uh, at least for me, it kind of grew on me as 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 the show kind of progressed because. I don't think that I went went into that one specifically wanting to watch that. It, it I I appreciated it at, at, at first, and it kind of just grew on me. And eventually, those girls just had me all on, and it was I I fell really hard in love, especially when they started getting very serious about what they were doing. And it, if you can say Kaon is serious in any way, shape, or form, but. <laughs> I just don't know why I haven't watched the movie yet. I thought we did. I didn't. I need to. <laughs> really badly. 
Well, no, it's one of those ones where it, it, it took so long for us to get the movie that I had I wasn't fresh enough with the rest of the series. So I'm like, well, I don't want to watch the movie until you watch the rest of it. And then, that, of course, where that where's that where's that go? You never do because <laughs> you ain't got time to watch through an entire series. But no, it is it is just a it was a fun sh- and I I want to say that I was kind of not into it at first. I think it was one of those shows where when I went into it, I'm like, what is this? Why is it so bubbly? What are these girls? Why are they so weird? And then at some point, it just kind of clicked. It was like, holy crap, these characters are so damn cute. And they're so much fun to sit here and watch. Just sipping tea and and eating cake and teasing each other. And uh, all that stuff was just kind of mixed in there. Along with like music that I really liked. It, would just, it had a great music soundtrack and... Every time they did a performance and whatever, it was so much fun watching them perform and uh, in front of crowds and and doing their thing. It was just it was it was definitely unique at the time. And and I do like I said, even though I kind of joke, I do want to say that that was like the first inkling of a concept of cute girls doing cute things that I can think of. It's just a show about cute girls. No male protagonist in there. No no side characters. It's just here is girls having fun aren't they adorable you want to eat cake to get us to be happy <laughs> you know get Asuza to do something really cute because Asanya, it's, yeah. it's adorable <laughs> yeah for Asanya. favorite character um she's literally on our album pictures Asanya. i almost, I almost have to say Asuza. but i love Sumugi, i did like though. ui i i did like uh I, I I did kind of like her, so I don't know. I, the sister I was best sister. Ui, I, Ui was best sister. She was totally best sister. But I do almost have to say I like Asuza. So I like Ritsu when I first started watching. I really like Ritsu, and but I think over time I just love the quirkiness of Sumugi. But yeah, because she's always the kind of rich character. Uh, but no, Asuza just just really just them messing with Azanya was just a lot of fun. So. It's kind of makes, makes it easy to like her as a character. <laughs> but no, it's just a lot of fun. I, and I, again, I, I think that's at the point where we really kind of see their attention to detail kind of really flourish. Just just all those little extra moments that, they, that a lot of people claim the whole um, uh, Kiwani thigh thing that they kind of somehow <laughs> trademark without trademarking. But they just, they pulled off the character designs and the, the attention to detail in these shows, so... Nishijo. Did you ever, you watch that one, right? I'm pretty sure I did. Absolutely, probably one of the top best comedies of all time. If you have not watched Nishijo, it's just an absolute mess of a show. Just I, I it is very skit based. That's the creepy teacher, right? No, no, no. That's Azumanga Dayo. Oh, Azumanga Dayo. Yeah, that's, okay. that's creepy, creepy teacher. But at the same time, though, seemed <laughs> like it. But no, Nishijo is just like it's it's skit after skit. It's the one that has the professor with the with the maid the the caretaker that has I like the robot the, arm. I re- recognize the the artwork, so it, I know it's I've just, watched it. It's just it's just skit after I skit of just randomness. <laughs> yeah, the deer showing up at the school and the and the principal uh, going to feed him, and then they start fighting each other in the middle of the courtyard. It's just absolutely insane comedy. Just. And it does have that sense of something like Lucky Star where it, it has these really kind of mundane things, but it takes them to absurdity rather than just being mundane. So you have, yeah, the character who just the, – the 
I don't know if it was a, I think it was a wiener. The wiener and her, and her chopsticks flies out of the chopsticks and everybody's, and she's trying to desperately catch it. And it's all slow motion and dramatic and, and super Dragon Ball action going on trying to catch this thing. And then it, it she totally fails to catch it. It's just, it's just the absurdity of stuff like that. Uh, having a character go around a corner and bump into somebody and in an explosion, like a nuclear bomb goes off. Just goofiness, things like that. It was, it was a lot of fun. So, like I said, there's very few comedies out there that really come to levels of Nishijo. It's it's in the levels of something like Konosuba and, and Outbreak Company and there's very few up there for me. <laughs> it it takes a lot to have a comedy reach these levels. And there's there's a lot of shows that we'll talk about where it's like, yeah, we laughed way too much watching the show. This one I think was like a non stop laugh. So Really do want to. Another really do want to. Re- Let's just assume that every time we talk about a show, we really want to rewatch it. Yeah, there you okay, go. we'll just put that in there. We don't have to say it, even though I will say it again. A lot of fun, though. Hyoka. So, in this entire list, <laughs> do you have the worst shame that you have not watched it? Is it Hyoka? Probably, yeah. But that one is a, a given because we we never know that it. it's it, yeah. we've never had it. Um, but now we have it, and we haven't watched it, Chris. <laughs> do need to finish free. Yeah, I think that one would probably be because everybody's always been on us about we need to watch that show. And I was really liking um, what I was seeing it so far, so it it definitely is something that I know that I'll enjoy. It's just. Um, because I'm like, because when we were watching Tsunade, I had a lot of feelings of, okay, this is the second of the freestyle shows. This is Kyoto Animation doing, okay, all right, girls, let's do a hot guys show for you rather than doing Moe Girls for the guys. And, but I never really had, with Tsunade, it was very, it was very serious and it did hit drama beats. Whereas Free has a lot, and I didn't, but I didn't like Sunane very much because I didn't like the characters and their and their interactions with each other. I didn't like the chemistry. But what little we watched of Free, I was loving the chemistry. I liked the characters interacting with each other. They they had so much more going between them that I know it's going to be a good show. So I have no doubts. Yeah, it is definitely one that I, I do want to get back to watching. But like I said, I, I guess I can run through it. The only shows that I have not watched from Kyoto Animation is uh, was that show that I just clicked on that I don't know what I'd say. Munko. Munko? Was it called Munko? I'm looking for the short because it's not a long name. Munto. Munto. Have not watched Munto yet. Um, I need to watch the rest of Haruhi Suzumiya because I think I'm like three quarters of the way through it. I've got to catch up. Tamako Market, I need to finish. That um, one is, is, is on my shame list. Yeah, Hyoka, we both need to watch. I need to watch the movie for Tamako Market. And I don't know why I have not watched it yet. And I have it, and I I was desperate to get that thing. <laughs> we need to watch I even got I even got the, the character from uh, Tamako Market uh, on as, as, as my kind of avatar on, on my computer. I, I absolutely love the artwork in that show, but I haven't finished it. <laughs> that outro is gorgeous, by the way. Um, yeah, Tomika Market, I love it to death. Um, but yeah, free. We still need to watch that completely through. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Just free. The rest of Haruhi Suzumiya and Hyoka, and then that Munto. 
which I don't even think we've ever had Munto over here. I think it's a movie. I think it was two. Was it two episodes? Two episodes. So it's basically two movies. Or was They're it an hour one? each. No, it's nine episodes. They did an OVA for two episodes, nine, uh, 60 minutes each, and then they broke it into nine episodes, I'm guessing. And then a film. I've seen clips of it. I, I keep I keep going. This is for my complete list. I need to watch this, but not that much. We're not that far off. It's almost like PA Works. I think PA Works is the same thing. There's only like maybe three shows that we still need to watch of those ones just because we kept... They don't release a whole crap ton like some studios do, so it's easier to keep up with them, but you just know they're of a high quality, so you you know you're going to... Except for that, um, that one show by PA Works. There's two shows that PA Works that did not work out for us. Uh, where we at? Um, but yeah, Hiyoko, I was I was joking about the idea that being, I think that is my biggest pile of shame. But again, that is one that we've never really had. So outside of, I haven't finished Haruhi, which I probably should. But no, um, so we don't have anything to say about Hiyoko, sadly. And then moving on to Love Chinubio, Love Chinubio and Other Delusions. That one... I went back to watch that after, shoot, I want to say, I don't think I watched Sound of Funium yet, so it wasn't that far out from when it released, but it was. It had to have been at least two years that it was out. <clears throat> wasn't that one that you ended up watching because I kept hounding you that you needed to watch it? It was one that I kept seeing gifts for, and I knew I was kind of, I was going to enjoy it, I just don't know why I never did. And I don't know if it was a thing where it just was in that time frame that I wasn't looking to watch a show like that. It's probably what it was. Love Chinibio for me was a weird one because I want to say that I went and specifically watched that because I knew it was a Kiyoani. I think this is the first time that I went out of my way for a Kiyoani show. And I I was assured, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I was, I people had dropped hints that I would like it. I don't remember been a long time but i do know that i specifically chose this one knowing that i wanted to watch this one and it's such a weird animal because i loved it from the get-go i loved its concept i loved the um how they played it out how well they did it it just was so encapsulated and it was so perfectly well done and i i very much enjoyed it it's, it's one of those shows that just has it is it would it be the first one that I think really bleeds just pure characters? Like yeah, Kon technically does. Yeah, but I think this one was Chibio, like every one of the characters of it, is screaming for your attention. Yeah, because of the because of the concept, it it absolutely allows for them to just go nuts with every one of the, each one of the characters, and I, that's one of the main reasons. It's one of those why ones where you're watching and going, "That's best girl." No, nope, that, that's, that's best, best girl. girl. <laughs> no, this is not best girl. No, the first one's best girl again. No, this one's best girl. And, and, and no, I think I got it now. This one's best. No, that, it's not best girl. This one's best girl. One of the things that I do love about when they added on that second season, it just put icing on a perfect cake. It made it so much better because it just added that little bit of extra oomph by by, by causing what you already have a 
a weird relationship and all these characters and then you add a complication to this weird compl- uh, complicated relationship it just made it 10 times better i loved the way they did that second season not as not to the levels of clanod but i think this is another one of those ones that has a male main character that just helps build the chemistry like he's he's able to kind of bounce the ball back to these girls that like i said earlier are all seemingly trying to grab your attention and grab your your love and attention to them as a character and how goofy or or serious they are so it, it definitely pulled it off there was a couple of uh really strong drama pieces in there too that i didn't really see coming but it was a it was a weird concept too because i mean for those who don't know it's, it's basically a guy that decided to leave his tunubio desires behind him like he was a chuni when he was a kid where he was just acting like the dark demon lord or whatever and and everybody made fun of him but when he you know when he's going to in his new school he's like i gotta leave that behind me i gotta become a new person leaving this behind me and then he starts running into chuni characters that just want to pull him right back into it. he he got out of the mafia and the mafia pulled him back in <laughs> And that's the whole concept of it. He's he runs into Rika, and Rika is just an absolute goofball, and just will not let him go, and will pull him back into the the dark realm. If it, you know, and she's just goofy. She's so goofy. Still need to watch the movie though. That's another one. Need to watch the movie. Why haven't we watched the movie yet? So yeah, that's uh, that was a lot of fun. Let's see here. Tamaka Market. Love that one to death like the kind of story leads you to believe it's just somebody that lives in an area that's kind of like a small market area. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of places like that where they have a market that and usually the second bird. floor is a family. Just saying the bird. I, I thought it was going to, the bird literally was going to make me hate the show. I was not liking the show when the bird showed up. I'm like, Oh gosh, the bird's talking. He's a nut. And then he would just do things. And I'm like, okay, I love this bird. now. <laughs> <laughs> the bird's so goofy. Oh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was goofy. And I, but I really like the characters. They're very cute again. Just watching them do their thing was a lot of fun. There she is. Um, what? Choi. Yeah, Choi. I like her. Choi was really cute. Um, tan girl, best girl. I think Choi was best girl. But yeah, it's just a, just another solid cast. A lot of really fun little moments. It, it literally was like a second coming of K-On! Like, they had the similar style to it. Very cute little girls that are just doing their thing. And But I think it had a lot more... I guess it had a similar amount of main story plots going through it, too. So, yeah. Still need to watch the movie. Really badly need to watch the movie. Let's see. Free. We haven't really got into it. But like I said, I'm really loving the chemistry so far. have the entire Blu-ray set and box premium set. I just need to finish it. Beyond the Boundary, that one was a... I think that was, like, the first... Um, yeah, granted, granted, technically, uh, second raid for Full Metal Panic was their first real serious show. But this is, I, I want to say, is the first time where I was like, holy crap, they're, like, getting into something really serious right now. Yeah, again, granted, Clanod had its... You know, character says, let me tell you my story about my parents who, you know, died. And you're like, well, that was really kind of sad. And they're really upset about that. This is like in your face kind of serious moments. And yeah, granted, it did technically have these silly moments sprinkled throughout the series. But 
it kind of had a dark undertone in the background on a on a regular basis that they were kind of hitting on that I don't think I I I seen in Kyoto animation before then. No, I I I think that when we we first heard of it, I think we we were still getting on board the Kyoto thing and when we seen it we were like it would be the PVs for it we, were like holy crap this looks I mean chick with blood sore and I was like holy crap this looks really epic I want to I don't know we if we were, did a, a, a fall preview or anything like that but it was we were interested in seeing what they could do with how far that. back have we done previews I'm curious now ooh still going back oh I got preview stamped on some of these things that aren't previews oh I made Miku mad sorry Miku you got excited and cut undercut yourself. I taking more time I thought, to do this. Than I thought that. we're gonna have a lot of pages of it. Um, spring twenty fourteen preview. Oh, still a year off. No, that was only like uh, two seasons off. But I want to say that I did see the PVs for that show, and I want to say that it it was like holy crap, this looks epic. So my my point still stands. <laughs> My point still stands. It it, it just it looked really awesome. Uh, I, but it was funny because I remember I didn't like the first episode. I was so angry at the fact that they had this character who was like, out of nowhere, want to kill him suddenly. And it was yeah. like, what is wrong with this character? And why is it acting funny when she's literally trying to kill him? And then you kind of start getting into, you know, why he's not too concerned about that. And then, of course, later on getting really into the entirety of, of the story and it ends up kind of panning out in the end and I it was funny because I think I really liked it and you really hated a certain point yep. where they kind of went into a backstory I hated that we had a lot of conversations about that show <laughs> <laughs> it was so great and, it, and it's one of those ones where I think when I watched the episode zero that came with the blu-ray it kind of made things a lot yeah. uh, helped out a lot, a lot with that they should have had Chris that had. in the original show. <laughs> <laughs> Did you end up watching it? Yeah. Okay. But no, that's again, and it sucks because it, it is another one of those ones where I think when I see the movie, I go, but I do want to get rewatch the rest of it so I get refreshed on everything. Kind of have to on that one because I don't remember anything anymore. I think I remember everything. Yeah, I think I think that that episode zero, everything kind of started clicking. Like, oh yeah, that's episode right. That's zero. His character. Episode that's his zero character. literally explained everything that bothered me to heaven to high heaven with the original show. I mean, I chilled out on it after a while, and I really still love the show. It just well, you were talking about the same episode zero. It just basically goes into his backstory and yeah. how he met the sisters and uh-huh. other sister. It doesn't go into her, which I think you had the issue with her. In right. the original series, yeah, it gave it, it. It at some point it gave her the explanation, unless that was at the end of the that show was at the end of the show. Yeah, that was that point that you hated it because you didn't like how it. I, don't, I forget. I it's been a long story. time. It's been a long time. I want to say it was something about how they revealed her story or something I didn't like, but I. It was fine. It was. It's still a good show, and um, yeah, this the <laughs> picture taking of the girl. <laughs> She takes pictures of me with no clothes on. <laughs> and they're just pictures of an animal. <laughs> you remember that? Yep. Oh, gosh. You I, know, still I, love, I still I love, love the that. brother and sister. They were so much fun, too. And I think episode zero, they were they were awesome as well. They were kind of they were kind of a hidden gem. I didn't really think I would like the brother and the sister that much. 
but yeah, Megani girl was always best girl too. So it was just, it was a cool concept. I really wish they had more seasons of it. But again, the movie might be pretty much all we needed for it. See, that should hopefully finish everything off. Um, still feels like it was left off. Yeah, he had this whole kind of big thing happening at the time, this thing coming in that they had to kind of deal with. So, and how that kind of wrecked the characters. So, yeah, where we at? Where we at? Where we at? Uh, I guess we can go to Maggie Brilliant Park. Didn't like that one, but again, I did like the visuals. I did like the character designs, all that kind of stuff. It's just, I think the comedy wasn't really working for me all the time. And it, and but I did like some of the characters in it that that kind of helped me pull through it. <laughs> I thought Amagi Brilliant Park was just silly and fun, and and I think that that is, I think that's where I have to end up coming down on on a on that one and the other one, uh, Maria Colors Phantom World is, I just enjoyed them just for their fun, goofy factor, and anything more than that is just. It's, you're going to be left sorely disappointed. Yeah, Married, Married Colors, on, on the other hand, had quite a few episodes I really enjoyed. Whereas yeah. Moggy Brilliant Park was kind of consistent through the entire thing, my feelings on it. Uh, Married Colored had a cat girl episode, and that's always a good one. <laughs> the character designs were great. The characters themselves were a lot of fun. Just, yeah, the, just there was a lot of downtime on that in that particular show. So I also think that it, there was a couple of really kind of solid drama points in in Mary Color Phantom. It it just it really did hit those and just let them be and and continued on with the main storyline. So she skipped it inadvertently. Soundiphonium. I Let's really see. <laughs> Does Chris like Soundiphonium? I What do you a think? A lot of money would say. What I do you do. think three box <laughs> sets from from Pony Can? What do you say? That sadly your sequel second season will not be anywhere looking bad. like you. <laughs> that bothers me because I, I, again, like I said earlier, Soundiphonium, the first season, again, beautiful. Loved it visually. Didn't care much for the drama beats in it. There was certain points that I did like, but it was very melodramatic at times that it, it didn't really work with me. I do want to rewatch it just because of the fact that I loved the second season so much. The second season was phenomenal. Yeah. And again, it, it hit the same points as the first season. Visually, it was like a movie. In a t- it's almost like uh, Violet Evergarden. If you guys ever watched Violet Evergarden, Sanifonium's the same thing. They're, they're both the same kind of concept. They just look like movie quality stuff. Visually, photorealistic, uh, amazing little pan shots here and there. I remember the scene where she's running up to the bridge and she turns around the corner and the the camera pans with her in the opposite direction. Yeah. It's just, it was a phenomenal shot. I, 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 the the scene where they're up on the hillside and you have the entire, you know, range of buildings behind them, the skylines. Yeah. It was just, it was, I, I, I think back to scenes where it was like the, um, the, the night, the night, uh, was it the hilltop at what you're talking Mm -hmm. about? Yeah. Just uh, absolutely gorgeous. And it, it, it literally moved me to tears. It was so gorgeous. Yeah. Like I said, I, I had my problems with the first season, story-wise, but the second season, just it, it was like, okay, we heard you liked all this stuff about the first season, just maybe not some of the drama beats. 
well, let's perfect the drama beats. And it, it was almost like the writer was starting to like evolve in her writing and it just was hitting all the points that I wanted to hit. And then of course we have listen to Bluebird, uh, the movie, which was, uh, I was mixed on it. Chris really enjoyed it, but I did again, acknowledge the fact that it was visually beautiful. The only problem I had with listen to Bluebird, technically my only real issue I had was that it wasn't visually the same as season one and two, which I, again, thought was movie visual quality. So it's like, why would you not match that movie visual quality in the movie? Why would you change the art style? Why would one of the characters, one of the main characters of Elizabeth Bluebird not even look like the character that was in the series, but that's not here or there. They were all, they were all phenomenal in the end. So, and it's a series that I, it might've been a thing of concept art, not necessarily matching. And they just went ahead and went with it because it was more unique looking and, made it to where she looked hey, I'm, I'm just... I think she looks cuter in the series though that's the problem <laughs> she looks so blank in the series which I get uh, the movie which was technically I guess the point but and there was a certain character in Liz and Bluebird that I don't think was in the series which I think she needs to be brought over the one that was trying to befriend her yeah definitely I don't think she was in the over. series she needs yeah she of course she isn't in a band so she would kind of just be a side character in the hallways or something or come to some of the the events that they do so yeah love it to death Definitely go out and watch that one. I I still need to pick up the movie or the the, the TV series, the second season. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. That one was a surprise. Yeah, it was because now this is the reason why it's a surprise. I bought the manga before the series came out because I think they knew it was coming. It was getting an adaptation, so they released the the manga, and I think that's why I ended up buying it. Didn't like the manga. <laughs> the manga I only bought one volume of course but it wasn't working it it did it, 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 the visual style I wasn't really too into it and then I go watch the series so I'm like okay hopefully hopefully the series you know does better because I've I've had cases where the animated series is better than the manga you know like Attack on Titan yeah QA knocked out of the park it, and it was it was really a case of they, they somehow managed to make this 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 manga series kind of flow perfectly each episode it just flowed so well each of the scenes just flowed so well and the characters the the animation the 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 art style change again i didn't really care much for the art style of the original manga uh just personal preference they just they just nailed it all the characters are so much fun it, it got to the point where when we got to the ending of it, it was like i don't want this to end i i really don't want this to conclude and I, and I wasn't really sure how they were going to conclu- conclude it, but they had a really nice drama beat at the end of it. For me, I, it was a surprise on, on, on me. I knew it was Kyoani, of course, and I was naturally probably drawn to like it, but I ended up loving it more on the lines of just how much fun I had with this show. It just really knocked it out of the park as far as just a fun show. Well, it was one of the craziest things about it was that it wasn't just a comedy. And I think we mentioned this when we were talking about it with the review. It was like, when you came into it, you thought it was going, okay, here's this maid. It's, you know, transformed from a dragon into a humanoid looking character that tries to, you know, be the maid for this Kobayashi. And she screws up all the dang time because he's a dragon and she doesn't know what she's doing. And is constantly trying to feed Kobayashi her tail. <laughs> And because that's but, what you do, you you feed your 
mistress your tail. That's what you do. So you're like, okay, well then here's this May Dragon. Here's all these other dragons that are showing up. Fafner was an absolute hilarity every time he was on the scene. He just wanted to kill everybody. <laughs> but what was funny about it was that it, it went from, this is not just a comedy to, okay, every now and then you get this little sense of family. Yeah. Like it really, it really gives this sense of Kobayashi's always been alone and she's constantly going, oh, what's this feeling? Like she, she feels like now this house has noise in it. Now there's a family in here. She's realizing that she was alone before and now she has this, this camaraderie that's going on with her. These, this, these people that she, she cares about now. And that was really the thing that, that really made the final episodes like really punch you in the gut was like, holy crap. She really does realize that she does not want to lose this. And it was just out of nowhere that I realized at some point, like, this is really hitting home the concept of of having somebody, like having somebody to rely on, having somebody to be that second part of you, that, that second half, that friend, that family member, that child, whatever you want to call them, depending on who you're talking about in the show. And that, that really did resonate with me. And it was it was a really huge shocker. There wasn't enough Elma, though. That was the only problem. And hopefully there's more Elma in the second season. She just, sure. She would just show up, and then she would fall over because she's too hungry, and then that was it. <laughs> that was her story, but she was way cute. So I, I would say who I, I want more of, but you'll immediately go, no! Who? Rico. Rico. Yeah. I thought she was adorable and way too much fun. Oh, I had no problem with that. Kano's girlfriend. They kind of kill her joke, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That was the only joke they killed. Way too much. Beat it with a dead horse. Uh, so that pretty much leaves Suarene, which I, we pretty much talked about a lot already. But if there was anything else you want to add on Suarene, no, I, I I loved it and I thought it was gorgeous. So yeah, it was very vis- visually beautiful. Attention to detail was insane. Like just this, I, I've never really looked into Kyoto Club. Kyoto I Club. Don't Kyoto? Think so I think it's Kyoto. Kyoto Club. Yeah, Kyoto Club. Um. I've never really looked into bowmanship. There you go. <laughs> and uh, so that's what I really was drawn for. But like I said, the characters didn't really work for me, but everything else was fantastic. Just the, just every shot they took was so beautifully hand-drawn, crafted. It was just insane how much detail they put into this show. So that alone made it definitely worth watching in the end. But no, I guess the last one is Violet Evergarden, which I think when the It released... There was a lot of mixed messages I was hearing about it. Like, you had a lot of people that were like, no, this one didn't work out. This is a a flump. And then there was like, when it, I think it was during the time that it was technically not legal to watch it, (laughs) that everybody was kind of poo-pooing it. And then when it finally came out, I was like, okay, I've heard a lot of negative things about this. We're going to watch this. Thankfully, it it released before we did our review. So we're like, we got to watch this. Like, boom, boom, boom. Got to take this thing down. And we binged through it, and I was like, okay, yeah, I kind of, it felt rough at the beginning. I was like, I'm not quite sure this is, I, I think I'm, I'm I'm understanding what people were saying. And then it just took off. It was like episode three or four. It just, it hit, and then it hit, and every episode it hit. Like, these stories were so fantastic, and the emotion was just punching me with left rights and right hooks. It was just it was it was knocking me out with how how good the story and of course it was visually stunning and of course the PVs for it were like 
holy crap, this looks like a movie. This cannot be a yeah. TV series. And then it finally comes out and it's like, okay, you pulled it off. Thank you. <laughs> I think that that one was kind of the culmination of a lot of things all at one time. And it was, this is, I, it, I would almost say there's two sides of, of, uh, Keoani that truly, honestly captures everything that I truly love out of, um, Keoani. One is, I would almost say sound euphonium, but I, if you want to say the culmination of everything, Violet Evergarden would probably be it. And Kobayashi Dragon Maid would be the other side. Kyoani is heart and, and taking the time to make sure that all your T's are crossed and all your I's are dotted. They, they, there's so much, um, invested in everything that they do right now and, and that's why i love kyoani is is just every every bit of what they do in in what they try they bring out it's like even if it's not a, a uh their best show um like uh uh amagi brilliant park it's not their best but hey it's still a dagum seven i i still really enjoy myself watching that show um and that's that's what I love about Kyoani. They just pull it off every time. I mean, I I still wait for the time that I'm going to get the one show that just is a complete and total flop, and I can go, well, somebody missed there. <laughs> yeah, Violet Evergarden was just it was a culmination. I, I do agree with you. It was a culmination of everything that they've done so far. I think the only thing that would kind of not be in there is probably the comedy. It wasn't really a show that was going for comedy. Every now and then it would kind of have these little goofy jabs at the character, especially with how That's why I kind of how Dragon Maid off to the side is kind of the two sides of this. Yeah. It, it, every now and then it would kind of take jabs at the fact that she was so um, socially awkward or just socially mute to a lot of people when they were trying to get something across her. and Or whenever she would try to type up something and not even understand what she's trying to type up in regards to love or something like that and just completely wreck somebody like the girl that was <laughs> trying to get the attention of the was it the guy that had uh was part of a family of automobile ownership or something like that but yeah it was it, every now and then I would try but it wasn't really but it had the visual fidelity it had the photorealism that they were going for the environments and the lighting and everything like that um at the same time just very solid storytelling that just just grabbed you that I would see in something like Clonot or Canon uh, or uh, a lot of the other works they've done that where they kind of hit on the drama beats with like Sound of Phonium. It just it, it hit everything and it, it took it to another level with the visual quality of it. Was it perfect the entire way through? No, like I said, it, it had a rough start, but it would turn out to be a really fantastic series. I think the only other one we have is A Silent Voice because I think all the movies are pretty much movies that we've kind of hinted at as we were going through their actual TV series. Um... So yeah, Silent Voice. We were we were sold on Silent Voice long before they announced the movie because we read the manga. And when they announced the movie, we were like, "Oh no, not a movie, one a TV series." Because this, you're not going to cover everything. But I think it pulled it off. It really did pull it off because it. Yeah, there was. If you read the manga, you would go, "Well, I kind of wanted that character story." But if you've only watched the movie, you're going to be like. Oh, there's a story for that character. I, I don't care. I, this, this, the movie was was fine. 
there was one particular scene that I think they didn't quite pull off as well as I thought that they could have. But overall, it just it it hit everything and it just ripped me apart just watching that. There was like two scenes in it that were literally had me like I can't stop. <laughs> I can't stop. Yeah, I agree. again, yeah. visual beautiful, beautiful looking show. Yeah, there there's some of the most picture perfect scenes in that sh- that movie. That that is absolutely all of their expertise to T when Andrew says, um, uh, Violet Evergarden was, was, uh, a movie. This is actually a movie that was done to movie standards. If not beyond movie standards, it's nearly Shinkai level. It just looks gorgeous. If not better than Shinkai, honestly, it, there's just such beautiful scenes in there. Um, yep. And the uh, the the um, the emotions, yeah. And that's that's all we've gotten. And of course, they were they were currently working on uh, Twenty Seki Denki Moku Mokuroku, but uh, hopefully that hopefully that's um, something that we will see in the future when they get back on their feet. But yeah, that's 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 all the series that we've kind of they've really had and that we've kind of watched. So I hope that you guys enjoyed hearing our perspective on them and definitely check them out. Like I said, it's a good way of, of supporting them at this point is just to kind of stream their stuff, buy their stuff. Yeah, technically, it's it's really hard for the money to get back to them when you buy or stream, but it is something rather than nothing. So, And you get to watch really incredible series at the same time. Um, but yeah, that's uh, what, so what would have been your favorite of all time? What is your, what's your number one Ki- uh, Kyoto Animation show? Easy would be Silent Voice. Um... More difficult, probably uh, Sound Euphonium. I still love that show. Mm. I mean, I I Maybe could I could fight for for Kobayashi, but I still love Sound Euphonium. I'm struggle between Clonod and um, Air TV. I'm I'm old school. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it, it is hard to choose though because it, again, that, that's one of those things where technically. I don't remember much about the the points outside of the big drama points and 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 emotional and funny points that I remember of Clonod and Air TV. I mean, I could probably go back and watch Air TV and realize, oh yeah, the only good parts are the ones that I actually remember. <laughs> the rest of it was just very mundane. I don't, I would never know until I go rewatch it. But yeah, um, it's a- there's just a lot of them for Clonod, so it, it's hard to not remember. It's like Sound Euphonium and, and, and Kobayashi. I'm 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 cheating because I love uh Kobayashi because of it oh. it's, its fun side and Sound Euphonium because of its drama side. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry everybody. I, I know you don't have to yell at your speaker anymore. Yes, technically Nishijo is the best of all of them. There you go. It's Nishijo. I I just then there's there's, there's Love fa- Chunibyo too it. so and technically Love Chunibyo has the fun and the drama beats so I could technically cheat and do that one so no particular order five I would say Clonod Nichijo Air um, Chunibyo oh gosh this really sucks <laughs> even doing five is hard. Uh, Dragon Maid or, or or I almost want to be weird and say Beyond the Boundary. I kind of I really I definitely, like Beyond the Boundary. Beyond the Boundary aesthetic. would definitely go into my list at that point. I've definitely got my Kobayashi, got my Sound Euphonium, and then I could 
I could probably add in my uh, Aaron and Clenna because I I do kind of hate that I ended up leaving them off the list. Did I say it's an issue? This is really want to make it a top ten. You, you really got to stop. But no, it it does definitely compound the fact that Kyoto Animation is just a huge part of our lives. I I have on my wall. I have a huge banner of the Kion Girls. I have. Um, let's see here. I want to say I have. Let's see here. Beyond the boundary. I think I can just look at the list. Cool. I don't know what I have. Your... Yeah, I have. I I have two cells. Um, no, that one's PA works. Uh, Clenite, I have a a, a a a cell of not a cell, a lithograph of the characters from Clenide. I have Air TV, um, the original box set, chipboard box set of it. I have Kenon. I have Lucky Star, the Blu-ray. I have Clenade, the Blu-ray. I have Clenade After Story, the Blu-ray. I have the entire Kion series. We have I have Nishijo. Um, I have Hyoka. I have Love to Nubia, both the premium box sets for that. I have Tomoko Market. I have the chipboard box set of Beyond the Boundary. I have the chipboard box set of Free. I have the chipboard box set of Amagi Brilliant Park. Even the show that I didn't really like, I have the chipboard box set of it. Uh, I have Mary Colored Phantom Worlds chipboard box set too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris has Sound of Phonium's three premium expensive Pony, uh, Pony Can series uh, releases. We have. Um, I still need to buy Miss Kobayashi Dragon made. Think you got? I would heirs. buy Violet Evergarden if they ever released that. Yeah, I'd say the chipboard box okay. out of there, like the original chipboard box out of it. I think it's over. I thought it was over oh, there. it's up top, okay. above No Game we No Life. It. There's the lo- the lucky star. Yeah, I had to shuffle everything around. Yeah, so I think I have literally every single show that has ever been blue released except for. Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, which is just it's a matter of time when I get that. And the Full Metal Panic, which I don't know if they've ever released the Full Metal Panic on... Yeah, they have. It, well, well they the we recent could one. technically let those ones go. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I really like... I really love Full Metal Panic. I guess that one was probably one of the better seasons. The second, so. the second raid was fantastic. There's no doubt. And, and it got really awesome in the third season, even though I didn't like the drug-out mecha fight that they had that base. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah, like I said, I technically, besides that show that we never watched, the Muto, Munto, we're keep saying the name wrong every single time. Besides Munto, Full Metal Panic, and May Dragon. I have everything. You need to get sooner now. And, se- and season two, season two of uh, of Symphonium. Um, Which, by the way, is that is that? Did they even have a premium set for that, or did they just do a regular release of it? Have you looked at it? Yeah. No, you kept telling, teasing me with it. I told you to just grab it whenever and where we'll figure it out. Where is it? I don't know. Oh, there. You're the one who keeps up on that stuff. I don't. Did I stay. Do I stay as far away from that site as possible. That man wants my money so bad he can taste it. Oh, see, it's just a regular size one, and it's a pony can. So why didn't they do the damn box sets again? Is it? Let's see the box sets. Really know the standard comes in a standard DVD case. Man, 
Man. There's one thing I am a stickler for. It is consistency. That's probably why I haven't bought it yet. It's because I'm like, damn it, it's not consistent. We will get it. We'll get it. We'll get it eventually. We buy everything. And that's, that's one of those things. Like, I always feel like I'm never getting ripped off when I buy something that was uh, Kyoto Animation. Like, even if I don't like the store. Like, that when I, I we bought free Amagi Brilliant Park and it was just, I think it was just those two. Well, technically, I bought Air... Um, before I even watched it, because that was way back in the DVD days, um, not that far back. But that shows you how, even though I haven't watched the Moggy Brilliant Park, and even though I haven't watched Free, I know it's going to be at least visually and detailed and directed beautifully, even if the story doesn't hit me, and I will not feel like I got ripped off, because that's how good Kyoto Animation is. So, so yeah, again... I guess we should wrap things up, and there's any, unless there's any other topics you kind of want to go into, what, what like do you what do you think about the Kyoto animation style, like the thing that they pretty much have become, like everything that comes out of them, like they they joked about Silent Voice, it's like oh they Kyoto they Kyoto'd it because it looks like all the other characters. I love the style. I like their style. Um, I think that it has a charm to it, and it really works for for what they do. Now, to I will agree that they do have a tendency to look very, very similar, but that's within their style. And it's 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 like telling somebody, well, um, all of your artwork looks the same, and somebody else looks at it, and they they're going, "What are you talking about? All these characters look very, very different." Yet, yes, there is a similarity in it in the fact that there is a style to that artist whoever it may be may it be the um the concept artist and then that pa- that person passes it on to the rest of the team and they all are used to using that uh that concept yeah it's a similarity yeah well my point is that even if the only case when sh- for years if you if you if you look at anime over the years it always has this change to style to its there's two different ones. There's the um, when they're making a show that is this is how a, uh, you know this is this is a person versus when they do chibi-ish style stuff, comedies and stuff like that, like Miss Kobayashi. Of course, they're going to make it look different. They're not going to look like humans. Now, not to say that they're not you know they don't look like humans with something like Sandophonium that is a portrayal of a human character in that show in a real setting. They're trying to make it look as real as possible. That's why they have all the visual effects to make it look real. So that you can connect to them as humans. Whereas something like Miss Kobayasu Dragon Mage, even though they do technically make you connect to them as humans, they're going for a more chibi, different style to them, scrunchy looking characters that don't really try to go for realism. And so if you take that side, the other side of it, where it's going for these are human characters in this animated series... And you go back in time for that style, it's changed over time. But if you looked into like the 90s or you looked into the 80s, technically a lot of the characters in that time frame all kind of look similar. That's what animators in that time period drew human characters in an anime as. And this is just the style that they have grabbed onto 
and it's something they perfected to their animators. And the moment you change that, they kind of have to change their styling to something else. And for me, I think it's a it's a beautiful style to it. And they're all characters that I think look gorgeous, and they're characters that I connect to because they look so well drawn. So it is a style that I do really enjoy. But I do like when they do go outside their comfort zone, when they do something like uh, Dragon Maid, or they do Lucky Star, or something like that. I'm always for it. It's just I do definitely prefer them when they go for their typical q any style that they have today. So I do enjoy it. Yeah. Any other any other topics? No. <clears throat> no I no. think I think we've done it done it some justice, I hope. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't I didn't want to stick too much on the the depressing side of it and I wanted to more celebrate what they've done in this podcast episode, but I do I do still want to get it out there. My our thoughts, prayers and best wishes to their uh all their family members and all the people that were affected by this. And to everybody that is, you know, even if you don't directly know these people, these are people that have done works that you have, that have touched your heart, that have grabbed you in your your deepest moment, your darkest moment. If you, you know, maybe you're going through family problems and you watch Clenod, or maybe you um, are struggling at school and you watch something like uh, Sound Euphonium, or you just having a really rough day and you fire on K-On and it just takes you out of your, you know, your your depression or something like that. Something that's just you know, lightens up your day. That was that was that's what Kaon. That is that's what that kind of concept of is just the cute girls going doing cute things that we talk about every season. We look for that sugar show because we are just going through so much that you want to just fire up something and watch the character do something really stupid. And that's what they did. That's that was something that they delivered to people. That even if you are not you know a family member of these people that lost their lives, or you're not uh, directly related or indirectly related. Even if you've never seen their faces, I mean, there's a lot of pictures going out there right now of of studio members of that studio. Uh, we don't know again if they were the ones that were infected by this, but we know them by the stories they told, the characters they created, the 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 voice that they they sent to us through our televisions, and that's enough, in my opinion, that made what they did directly impact me. So to hear that such a devastating thing happened to these people is it's heartbreaking, and I, I truly do wish that they get back on their feet and they don't like the hashtag that's been going around. Any strong, keep strong, recover from this, and um, remember the beauty that they've kind of created that was and that has touched our hearts. So again, uh, check out the GoFundMe if you want to support them that way. Uh, look up online to find out how you can navigate their digital store to buy their their goods. Uh, do do whatever you can to. To reach out to them. There's also on Crunchyroll. I'm not sure if they're still doing it, but on, if you go to Crunchyroll's website, they, I think they still have a banner at the very top that says literally uh, send your message to them, and you can click there and you can type up a story to, t- to actually send to them, and they can actually uh, receive that to to hear your your message as well. So definitely reach out, spread the word, stay strong, and maybe um, we should post our podcast. Post your podcast post our podcast so they can hear us talk about them. if they can understand us that would be fantastic yes because uh, that's another thing that I've really enjoyed seeing on Twitter and that and that's really is the that is really the beacon of light not not just the fact that the GoFundMe has raised 1.7 million dollars in two days which is it tells you how many people this studio has touched how many people do not want to see the studio stop 
they want the studio to recover. They want the studio to keep on telling them stories that either take them out of their darkest moment or or liven their day when it's not light. That is astounding that you can be one person drawing one frame and it touches somebody's life, touches hundreds and thousands upon lives. And hearing the stories from people, seeing the, the messages of people and how they've struggled and how they're coming out of this, seeing the the outpouring of support through monetary or just stories uh, really does show you that this, this was a fantastic studio that deserves to continue on and, and fight and recover. So, again... Um, our best wishes to everybody that was affected by it. I mean, hope you guys enjoyed this episode and our run through of our experiences with Kyoto Animation. Again, like I said, I didn't really want to do an outline. I didn't want to do a deep dive into what a studio is and where it was created and all the people involved with it and uh, the outstanding directors and writers they've had at their helm. Um, we can go into <laughs> the the beautiful... Uh, female script writer and directors that worked on Sound Euphonium and, and A Silent Voice and are doing amazing stuff with their their uh, their studio these days. There's so many things that we can dive into, but what I really wanted to focus on was what happened to them, how people are outpouring their support to them, and what the studio means to us and what each one of these properties mean to us and the joy that we found in them. So I hope that it turned into being something that you guys really did enjoy. And um, again, we're at talkaspear.com. Uh, we thank you all for listening, and y'all take care. Oos!